This is Chuck Sipe. I'm here with Eric Francis. I'm going to let Eric introduce himself so we know who he is and uh, what his professional experience is prior to talking to him. But we're going to focus in this session of our podcast series on some of the work Eric has been doing here in our district. Uh, we identified him as someone who could really support needs in our classrooms by really examining data that we had been collecting over a series of classroom observations over a course of probably three or four years that really suggested an area we needed to improve upon was how we ask questions and how we can use that as a tool to drive higher levels of inquiry amongst students. So uh, before we go any further into that story, I'm going to ask Eric to introduce himself. Eric, tell us about your professional background, your educational history, and kind of how you got here. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks for having me. I've um, been an educator for Gosh, going on 30 years now, been a middle school and high school teacher, been a site administrator, worked at the State Education Agency in Arizona. That's where I live, even though I'm originally from back east here, a uh, New York boy, but a uh, family here in Jersey as well. Uh, about 2012, I decided to go and break out on my own and become an education program specialist is what I call myself, which uh, is not a consultant because a consultant kind of comes in and feels like, you know, I got magic bullets and snake oil to sell you. No, I'm right there in the, in the trenches working with you and everything. So... Started my company in 2012, Maverick Education. 2016, I wrote my first book. It's called Now That's a Good Question. It's based on a strategy I used to use uh, when I was a teacher where I used to ask the kids questions and they basically would address them. They don't have to answer, they address them. And then uh, my other wheelhouse is uh, Depth of Knowledge, DOK, talking about uh, why that DOK wheel we were all given was inaccurate and what exactly depth of knowledge is and most importantly, you know, what it could be, you know, and we talk a lot about this thing called cognitive rigor. Well, what exactly is that and how deeply do the students have to understand use their learning with it? So uh, that's kind of been my thing where I go around asking teachers now, okay, so what exactly must the kids learn and how deeply must they understand use their learning? So as for us, man, we met a couple of years ago that uh, during COVID, connected during that. And uh, yeah, it's been a great time. Really enjoy working. You're your, your district, I mean, the teachers, they're, they're good teachers and they're, they they want to learn and they got a lot, you know, going for them and everything. And they're, they're, what's really great about it is that they're, they have expertise, which means that they continue to learn. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I know our teachers and supervisors really love when you come to work with us. So a couple interesting things about Eric. We're going to focus today on specifically our introduction, which is questioning. We're going to do a uh, another recording specifically focused on DOK, which is the most recent work we've been doing together. Um, but what's really interesting is Eric was one of our first partners that helped us transform our mentality surrounding partnerships regarding professional learning, right? So lots of school districts have professional development days, they have faculty meetings and things like that. And there's a very frequently those professional learning experiences are 90-minute sessions never to be spoken of again, right? Or they get kind of spoken of infrequently. And so what we realized based on our first session with Eric, which I think was COVID, right? It was a virtual PD on questioning, right? So I think actually I came here. I think it was right you? after COVID. Yeah, because okay. I think I was one of the first ones that came here. So could, it could That's probably yeah. true. Okay, so either way, we, we the reason we reached out to you was because our classroom instruction... Uh, pardon me, our classroom observation data was suggesting that questioning was not a strength all mm -hmm. the time. And so we know from lesson planning that you really got to plan complex questions, right? So questioning is multifaceted. It's um, not as simple as just posing a problem for children, right? 
So if you really want to ask an in-depth question where students are really required to do something with their with what they've learned and what their knowledge, right? And we'll talk a little bit another time about DOK, right? We really want to get into those higher DOK levels, DOK three, DOK four, where kids are really doing something, creating something new with what they've learned. We really have to prepare those questions. Those aren't off the top of our head type questions in fairness to any educator. Those are hard to create. Those are created as essential questions oftentimes as a part of curriculum development. So when we first started with Eric, the teachers really received the training well. They loved the ideas. They loved the strategies because our goal was we need a a new, fresh voice to help support teachers with the idea that preparing complex questions as a part of their lesson design process would benefit student learning and it would also make the dialogue richer. And so I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about those introductory sessions with our teachers, but I know they got excited. And then it really led us to the next phase, which was... How do we then start to begin to release students to be the askers of questions, which sounds somewhat counterintuitive because it kind of moves the teacher a little bit further away from the discussion. But what kind of happens at that time is the kids are owning the conversation, which really right. allows them to dive deep. So talk to us a little bit about that and how that's how that's gone here as a part of our professional partnership. Well, the big thing is you got to shift how you look at questions and questions are uncomfortable. And the reason why questions are uncomfortable is because of school. Because you think about it, you're with a child between age two and five. What's the question they always ask? Why? And it's not questions you can answer off the top of your head as an adult, but they ask questions to learn. When they get to school, it's a dynamic shift. Now it's the adults who are asking the kids the questions. I mean, kids and adults, that's how they communicate with each other. They ask questions, but now it's the adults who are asking the questions and it's the kids who have to give the answer. And it's not even so much more of a exploratory or investigation, they got to be correct or incorrect. And that's a lot of pressure. And that's not what questioning's about. That's about us testing, basically, being correct or incorrect. And, and it's a difference between questioning to test and questioning to learn. What I say is about with questioning, and this is what the teacher's like, is that you throw a question out there, you're activating and advancing learning. You're not assessing learning. I mean, I could assess it, but it's at the same way, it's basically, it's not the question you ask, it's how you use that question. So if I said, what is two plus two? And you said to me, four. And I say, what do you I mean? I was a math teacher. I know you were, that's why I said this. But then I say, what do you mean? Okay, now that requires some thought. Right. And that's the important thing. It doesn't matter two plus two equals four. I can do that on a calculator. What I need to know is, How can addition be used to find the sum of two numbers? Can I explain that? So let me ask you this, Chuck. Can two plus two equal five? I'm going to say no because of all of my formal training. So, but what if I used addition, decimals, and rounding? Well, if we're using rounding, now we're talking a different story, right? right. Introduce parts of numbers with decimals, then you definitely could try to get there. See, and that's the thing. That's what math has become. I mean, look, the simplest thing is... Oftentimes that's called new math. Right, but it's not really new math. It's, it's that, different than it's, we were taught. It's not new math. There's no new math, okay? It's different math. And here's the thing, and this is what people need to realize, is that most of us grew up in a time where our teachers, we, they taught us how to do the math, and we did the math the way that they taught us. And some of us got it, and some of us didn't, okay? When we all went towards this move towards college and career readiness, I'm not even going to say the other word, It's that the idea was there's more than one way to do the math. The problem is it got interpreted 
more so by the curriculum companies that this is new math. You can't stack factors anymore. Now you got to use the lattice method. No, some kids can use the lattice method. Some kids can use stacking factors. It's in the way that you do it. That's the big thing about teaching now. And that's what a lot of your teachers have been looking at. It's not so much like this is the way it's done, but what are the different ways it could be done? And more importantly, what is the way that your kids can do it? So it's actually very much almost like a confidence builder because there are some kids, they can get it by stacking factors. Great. There are some kids who can use lattice. Fantastic. The most important thing is, is that can they do the math in their own unique way, accurately and appropriately? And that's what a lot of that focus has been. So it's not about frustrating people. I mean, it's, it, and I get it, but you know, people should not be saying, okay, you have to do lattice. No, that's like somebody saying, you have to diagram sentences to do uh, parts of speech. And I can't, but I can tell you what a noun, a verb, an adjective, an adverb is my way. It's just, that's why we teach it, to show different ways. So kids can go, oh, I totally get that. That's my way. Well, I think that's an interesting point to what you just said before about asking questions about what will that help you do, right? Mm -hmm. So it's from a math standpoint, since that's what we've been talking about, we can stay there. Knowing skills and knowing facts is important, but what do you do with that? How do you have the confidence to then take that knowledge and do something meaningful, create something with it? And that's where questioning and DOK are important, right? Because the teacher needs to frame a question that provides students with an opportunity to dig deep into the what you can do with it. Right. And the most important thing is the rigor is in the response. You know, that's the big thing. We talk about rigor. I mean, rigor, there's a lot of misconceptions of it. But truly, true rigor is it's not about the level of thinking you have to demonstrate. It's not even about the amount of knowledge you have to acquire. It's about what exactly and how deeply can you communicate what you've learned. And that's what questioning does. And the other thing is with questioning for instruction and learning, when you ask a question, it's not meant to assess learning. It's not meant to say, well, I have to give you an answer. You're supposed to reflect before responding. You're supposed to be asking yourself, what is it that he's really asking me here? And what is the response I should be given? It's really about a lot of reflective thinking, which is actually considered to be, you know, when you talk about habits of mind, this actually was a, th a thing about intellectual character is that our kids need to learn not only how to be critical and creative thinkers, but also reflective thinkers and really think about, okay, so what is it I'm being asked here and how deeply do I need to respond here? And one of the interesting things I like is when they respond deeply, what better way to demonstrate an understanding of what your classmates are learning and how, and to, to compare it to how you're learning than to invite a student to engage in a response with their peers, as opposed to the dialogues consistently going teacher to student, teacher to student, right? So if you ask a student to engage deeply with the topic, do something critical and creative with it, why not have another student then critique, provide feedback, ask questions? And that's kind of where we started, which is how do we support teachers with feeling confident and comfortable a lot, a releasing students to be the owners of that conversation, particularly as it pertains to their understanding of content topics. And also that the students can teach each other. You know, look, we're, we're content experts. We know our stuff. And we know how to explain our stuff. But sometimes, you know, we say stuff that the kids don't understand. But if another kid can explain it accurately in their own words, 
That's the thing that kids will learn. And most importantly, that's the kid, things kids will remember. Like I tell people all the time, kids don't remember stuff. They remember experiences. And if they can basically say, hey, that's how Chuck explained how the Pythagorean theorem worked. And he's on, they're on an assessment and they're like, okay, they get this uh, question. Um, how can a proof for the Pythagorean theorem its converse be explained? Okay, Pythagorean theorem, what am I? Okay, Chuck explained it this. Okay, now I remember, Now I know how to do it. So it's like, we're looking to trigger memories. Where that's the thing. That's the big thing about questioning. You're triggering to transfer. That's the huge thing. Well, my, my hope is that we can continue to release students to be the owners of dialogue and the creative thinkers as it pertains to what they're learning. Um, so... We're going to come back uh, with Eric again to talk a little bit more about DOK, which is a second level of work we're doing with him. So um, hopefully, you know, this is kind of a quick warm up to why we've been engaging in more dialogue surrounding questioning in our classrooms. Um, and so if that has led students to go home and ask more inquiry based questions, while it may not always be convenient, I'd be happy to hear about that just because we want kids doing that. That's how students learn. And we want our students, you know, in the beginning here, you referenced that our youngest learners like to ask why, mm -hmm. right? So what I'd love to see is our students of all ages continue to be askers of questions as opposed to just passive recipients of knowledge, right? And I really like your expression about experiences. So we're just about out of time. So any, any last thoughts, particularly on this topic for us? I think probably the best question you can ask is, what do you mean? Every time somebody gives you an answer, what do you mean? Who's the first president of the United States? You see, so you've roped me into this. What do you mean, trap with the first president of the United States? But you, it's not going to work. So, but I'll fall for the trap just for the sake of anyone who doesn't know. George Washington. What do you mean? I mean, he was the first president elected to be uh, the president of our country. Okay, you said elected. What if I told you there were eight appointed before him under the Arts Confederation? See, now I hooked you. Okay, what I teach you, absolutely nothing. What I ask you, to think about, to reflect before I respond. But now I got you to want to learn. That's the big thing with questioning. Mm -hmm. It's like fly fishing. How can you basically go and keep on tossing out your questions until one of the kids bite? That's the big thing. Yep. And I think that's probably the end. I like that ending, although it was felt somewhat scripted because we've had that conversation before. It is definitely a great example. Um, you know, And it's something that I've encouraged teachers to do. You know, if you're not sure how to continue a conversation, ask a student to be more, what do they mean? Tell me what you mean by that. Be more specific or allow a student to ask them the same question. So, all right. Well, hopefully you've learned a little bit about questioning. Once again, the book that helped us uh, begin this conversation with Eric was uh, his first book, right? Now that's a good question, which if you're interested in this topic, I think is a really great read. And it's something that we've utilized in our classrooms here and uh, has been really productive for us. So thanks for listening. And hopefully you'll come back to listen to another session with Eric on DOK. Thanks, Eric. Thank you.